May God speak to you through today's message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Good morning. Welcome to Parkway Fellowship, and I want to give a special shout out to our North Campus. It was great to be with you guys in person a couple weeks ago. Um, Today, we're kicking off a brand new series called You Asked For It. Several weeks ago, we um, uh, took took questions from people at both campuses uh, asking, what is it you've always wanted to know? So for the next four weeks, we're going to take the top four answers that were submitted in that survey, and we're going to answer them. And look, and there were lots of really good questions. There were lots of questions about marriage and lots of questions about, you know, how do I know that the Bible is real and accurate? How do I hear God? Is creation right or is evolution right? Is Christianity the only way to get to heaven? Now, we've answered a lot of these questions in recent message series that we've done. So, I put in your bulletin the names of some recent message series that answer a lot of the questions that have been asked. So, you know, one of them was called Puzzled by the Bible, where we talked about how do we get the Bible, why it's accurate, and most importantly, you know, how to read it. Let's go ahead and put up the graphics if we could, please. Um, another one is called Evidence that God Exists, where we talked about evolution and creation. The Vows was a marriage series we did just this last February. And then there's another marriage series that we did a while ago that talks about completely different marital topics called Holy Matrimony. In fact, my wife Amy helped me preach part of that message series. So um, we put all of these message series on our podcast as well as on the Sunday messages portion of our church app. So if you asked any of these questions or you want to hear answers to any of these questions, then go ahead and give these message series a listen, okay? Which brings us to our message for today. Can I lose my salvation? And honestly, growing up, I wish that somebody had answered this question for me because as a teenager, I struggled with this because I had a lot of fear that I might do something that was like so big or so wrong that I would lose my salvation. And then if I got hit by a bus before I could ask for forgiveness, I'd go straight to hell. That's what I thought. I was scared about that. And I also had another fear that was kind of similar. And it was, what if I was never really saved to begin with? What if if I didn't mean it enough when I asked Jesus into my life to save me. Because I, I didn't want to you know, get to heaven and stand before God and him say, be gone, I never knew you. Because the Bible says that there are going to be people that that's going to happen to. They're going to go their whole lives thinking they're going to get to heaven, but when they stand before God, they will not get in. Why didn't want that to be me? And, and so I had this huge fear that, you know, I could lose my salvation. And I also had this fear that, you know, maybe I wasn't really saved to begin with. I mean, I'm telling you, I was a bundle of insecurities, okay? More than church, I probably just needed therapy. But, you know, that's just that's how, that's, that's what I was. And so I'm saying my mom wasn't much help. I went to my mom one time and I asked her, I said, you know, can I lose my salvation? And she said, no. I was like, how do you know? She said, I just know. Moms know these kinds of things. 
Like, what are you like having midnight conference calls with the Pope? I mean, how do you know? I mean, she didn't know why she knew that. She just was basically repeating what she'd always heard growing up in church as a kid. Well, in my mind, the stakes are pretty high here. I mean, we're talking heaven or hell for eternity. I needed a little more assurance than, you know, moms just know these kinds of things. I mean, I, I think a lot of us have had those same kinds of fears. Actually, in fact, I know we have because this was the second most frequently asked question in our survey. So how do we know? This question needs to get settled because the stakes are high. I mean, it is. It is heaven or hell for eternity. So we need to find out what God says about this question because ultimately he's the one that makes the rules about how to get to heaven. And even if some of us have already answered this question of can I lose my salvation, we still need to hear what God says so that you know, when our kids or our grandkids or anyone else asks us, then we would be able to give them a real answer, you know, more than, I just know these kinds of things. So let's, let's put aside all of our preconceived notions. Let's put aside all the stuff that we heard growing up as kids. Let's put aside the things that other people have said to us. Let's even put aside our own opinions, and let's see what God tells us. Because what he says is really the only thing that matters when it comes to heaven and hell, right? So, can I lose my salvation? Consider these truths from the Bible, and here's the first. Jesus says, number one, Jesus says, I must be born twice, not over and over again. Jesus says, I must be born twice, not over and over again. Look what the Bible says in John chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say, you must be born again. Have you ever heard the term, you know, born again? in reference to Christianity, okay? Well, this is where that comes from. It comes from this passage. And this is where Jesus says that in order to get to heaven, you have to be born two times. First, you gotta be born from your mama, right? I'm looking around. Most of you qualify, okay? But he says you also have to be born a second time. You have to be born spiritually. You see, when God describes the condition of people before they're saved, he does it in terms of much more than just someone who's unforgiven needing some forgiveness. It's much more than just someone that is lost and needing to be found. God describes our condition as 
spiritually dead needing to be made alive. Look at these next two sets of verses. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and then 4 and 5. In the past, you were spiritually dead. I want you to underline spiritually dead. In the past, you were spiritually dead because of your disobedience and sins. Verse 4. But God's mercy is so abundant and his love for us is so great that while we were spiritually dead in our disobedience, he brought us to life. Circle the word life with Christ. It's by God's grace that you've been saved. Colossians 2.13 says, When you were spiritually dead, underlined spiritually dead, because of your sins and because you were not free from the power of your sinful self, God made you alive, circle the word alive, with Christ, and he forgave all our sins. So your need is much greater than, you know, just needing some forgiveness for some mess-ups in the past. Before you're saved, the Bible says that you are spiritually dead and you need to be made alive. And how are you and I made spiritually alive? The same way that you're made physically alive. You have to be born. Or spiritually speaking, you have to be born again. Here is why this matters. Once you are physically born, can you ever be unborn? Can, can, can you ever lose your physical birth? Well, no. I mean, now you can die, but you can die because our physical bodies are not made to live forever. But spiritually, we will live forever. And since Jesus uses physical birth as a comparison to spiritual birth, if you cannot be unborn physically, then can you ever be unborn spiritually? No. Additionally, Jesus is very specific in saying that you have to be born a second time. But if you could lose your salvation, then you'd have to be born a third time, and a fourth time, and a 34th time, and on and on and on. But he says that you have to be born twice, not over and over and over again. But there's more. Look at the second truth. Number two is this. My salvation is not dependent on me I did not earn it, and I cannot preserve it. My salvation isn't dependent on me. I cannot earn it, and I, I, mean, I did not earn it, and I cannot preserve it. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verses 8 and 9. It says, For it is by God's grace that you have been saved through faith. It's not about the result of your own efforts, but God's gift, so that no one can boast about it. So you and I... We didn't do anything to earn our salvation. You didn't do anything to earn it. It was given to you as a free gift. Your only participation in your salvation was your willingness to accept it. That's it. And it's not that, you know, we were good enough to be saved. I mean, the truth is, you and I were bad enough that we needed saving. 
That's the truth. So we had nothing to do with earning our salvation. And not only that, we also have nothing to do with preserving our salvation. Look what the Bible says in John chapter 10, verses 28 and 29. It says, Jesus talking says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. Jesus says that since you have eternal life, or once you become a Christ follower, that no one can snatch you out of his hand. He preserves your salvation. And the imagery goes even deeper than that. The imagery is that not only is your salvation preserved in Jesus' hand, but God's hand wraps around Jesus' hand, and ain't nobody going to be able to snatch you out of that hand. That cannot happen. In fact, I was, ta- I was talking with somebody about this first one time, and they said to me, well, well, yeah, Mike, but what if I do something so bad that I jump out of God's hand all on my own? <laughs> okay. Well, who do you think Jesus is referring to in this passage when he says that that person might want to snatch you out of God's hand? Who do you think he's referring to? Yeah, he's referring to the devil who would want to snatch you out of God's hand. And how would he do that? By tempting you to sin so big or so many times that you are disqualified from going to heaven. But Jesus specifically says to us that he doesn't have the ability to steal our salvation away. Now, he has the ability to tempt you, sure. You might even give in to that temptation, sure. But that doesn't snatch you out of God's hand. Jesus specifically says that kind of scenario doesn't exist because he doesn't have that kind of power. Only God does, and he preserves our salvation. So you don't do anything to earn your salvation, and you don't do anything to preserve it. It's all from God. You don't add anything to your salvation other than your willingness to accept it as a free gift. Okay? Look at the third truth. Third one is this. I am adopted into God's family and cannot be disowned. I'm adopted into God's family and cannot be disowned. Look at these next two verses. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5, the Bible says, His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by sending Jesus Christ to die for us. Romans 8.15 says, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Okay? So catch this. Jesus is God's one and only son. So that means that when the rest of us come into his family... We come in as adopted sons and daughters. We come in as adopted. And I think it's amazing that God uses this term of of adoption to describe us because in New Testament times, it was perfectly legal for a father to disown one of his natural born sons. You know, son grows up, he's a total loser. Family could just disown him. 
you know, be done with them. That's that. But if a child was adopted into their family, they could not be disowned for any reason, ever. And everybody reading these verses in these biblical times would have understood that. And God could have used any analogy he wanted, or he could have just you know, left this part about being adopted out. But he specifically chose to refer to us as his adopted sons or daughters, and everybody would have understood. Wow, that's a pretty permanent thing. Well, that can't be undone. My goodness, if we're adopted by God, then we can't be disowned for any reason, for anything that we would ever do. And if all of that isn't enough, consider number four. The Holy Spirit in my life guarantees my place in heaven. The Holy Spirit in my life guarantees my place in heaven. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you are marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Underline this next part. Who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory? Now, when you become a Christ follower, God's Spirit, or the Holy Spirit, comes to dwell in your life. And God says the Holy Spirit is a deposit that guarantees your inheritance. Your inheritance of heaven when you die. And when God says something's a guarantee, I'm telling you, it is a guarantee. Because remember, He's the one that makes the rules about how you get to heaven. And, I, and it makes logical sense, too, because if the Holy Spirit dwells in a person's heart, and if that person was condemned to hell, then God would be condemning his own Holy Spirit to hell. Well, that doesn't even make sense. That can, I mean, that cannot happen. So once the Holy Spirit is deposited into our lives, once we become Christ followers, then that is a deposit that guarantees your eventual payoff of heaven when you die. That's your inheritance. So, can I lose my salvation? No. No. Now, there would be some that would argue yes. And the reason that they would argue yes is because we've all seen people or known people that you know, have gone to church, have prayed a prayer to become a Christ follower, have maybe even been baptized, but they, have now, but they now have drifted so far away from God that you would never know that they'd ever even stepped foot in a church. Okay, well, what about that guy? I would say that there's a very real chance that that person might not have ever been a Christ follower to begin with. Remember earlier in the message when I told you that there's going to be some people that are going to stand before God and God's going to say to them, be gone, I never knew you? Okay, that is going to happen. 
to a lot of people. And it'll happen, not because they've lost their salvation, but because they never had it to begin with. See, it's, it's like standing close to a campfire, okay? You know, if you stand close to a campfire, you know, you can, you can feel the warmth. You can see the flames. But that's not the same as catching fire yourself. You see, there's a lot of people that come to church and they sing songs, they maybe even pray a prayer, and they, and they, can, they can feel God's love and they can feel his presence. But that's not the same as giving your life over to Christ. And that's what happened to my brother. When my brother was nine, he accepted Christ into his life and asked him to save him from his sins, was baptized. But then when he was 18 years old, he realized that he never really was genuinely saved. And then became a Christ follower for the first time in his life. He said he just didn't understand enough when he was nine. Now look, I'm not saying that nine-year-olds can't understand. I'm just saying when, at nine years old, my brother didn't understand. And he told me that he almost missed becoming a Christ follower by this much. Because in his pride, he didn't want to admit that he wasn't genuinely a Christ follower. So what about you? What about you? Has there ever come a time in your life when you have asked Jesus Christ to come into your life to forgive you for everything that you've ever done? And then committed to follow him from that point forward. Are you truly a Christ follower? Or have you just gotten close enough to the flame where you can feel the warmth. But you've never actually caught fire yourself. Never actually given your life over to following Jesus Christ. You know, maybe you're in that kind of a scenario. Just like my brother was. Look, there's going to be people that are going to get to heaven. They're going to think that they are going to get in. But they're going to miss it. They're, gonna, they're not going to make it. And the only reason to make sure, the only way to make sure that you're going to make it is to accept Jesus Christ into your life by asking him to forgive you because he died on a cross for you. Now, there's an expectation from that point forward that you would follow him with your life. So have you done that? Can you point to a moment in your life where you ask Jesus Christ? Because look, here's the deal. There is a moment in your life where you were spiritually dead, and then you were born again, and then lived as a Christ follower from that point. So do you know when that moment is? Do you remember that moment? Now look, you might not remember the date, and that's not a big deal. But do you remember the moment when you asked Christ into your life and gave your life to him? And if you don't remember that moment, then make this your moment. Make that moment now. Make that moment today. Because I'm telling you, the stakes are high. I mean, it's heaven and hell for eternity. And look, and maybe you didn't understand what you were doing when you were a kid. Maybe you're just like my brother. That's fine. Then make this your moment now. 
Don't let your pride keep you from becoming a genuine Christ follower. And when your child or your grandchild or your neighbor or a close friend or a coworker or someone that you've been telling Christ telling to about Christ, when they come to you and they ask you like, hey, can I lose my salvation? Now you can give them a very real, substantive, biblical answer. So much more than, you know, well, I just know these kinds of things. Because I'm telling you, not only have you asked for it, I can guarantee you one day they will ask for it. So, find your connection card And let's all take some next steps together. Maybe it's this first one. I will pray the prayer to become a genuine Christ follower today for the first time in my life. There's a sample prayer for how to become a Christ follower at the bottom of your message notes. If you've never prayed that prayer, or you know, something similar to it, or if you don't remember the moment when you prayed that prayer, then make this your moment. Pray it today. I'm going to give you a chance to do that when we get to the end of these next steps. If you've never prayed that prayer. But I want you to check the box because I want to mail you some stuff in the mail that will help you get started. Okay? Or maybe for you the second one. I am a Christ follower, but I've drifted away from God. I commit to start following him wholeheartedly from this point forward. Maybe you do remember that moment and you know you understood it and you know you meant it. But for whatever reason, you've drifted away and now you're coming back. Would you make this your commitment? Third, I'll memorize John 10, 28, 29. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. Would you memorize that verse? Or maybe memorize this next one. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. Having believed, you are marked in him with a seal the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, the praise of his glory. Great verse to know. Ready to this next one. I will keep the sermon notes page so I can refer to it in the future when asked about this topic. Take these sermon notes, put them somewhere safe where you know where they are. And when someone asks you, hey, can I lose my salvation? You can pull it out and just walk them through it. I mean, it's all right there. I've laid it out for you. Very clear, very easy. Would you put that somewhere safe? Or maybe it's this last one. I will come back to hear the rest of the You Asked For It series. The four most popular questions asked. One down, three to go. Come back next week to hear more. It's going to be fabulous. I'm going to give you a chance to pray and ask God to help you follow through with these next steps. And if you're ready to become a Christ follower, this is your chance to pray that prayer. So right now, everybody, bow your head and close your eyes. Take these next moments and ask God to help you follow through with the next steps that you've taken. Father, I want to say thank you for allowing this question to surface in our survey. Because I know it's on the hearts and minds of so many people. 
in this room as well as just listening to my voice on the internet or on the podcast. And Father, I ask that you would help each of us to walk in confidence, to restore the joy of our salvation and not just be plagued with anxiety and fear and uncertainty. I know the devil would just want to keep us in that place of, uh, of fear. But that's not where you want us to live. So help each one of us to embrace our salvation as we embrace you, knowing that there's no one, there is nothing that could snatch us out of your hand. And I thank you for that security. And for those in this room um, that became Christ followers today for the very first time, I ask you that you would help them to walk in that and to grow in that. And that you would help all of us pursue you with excitement and a sense of thrill, knowing that you have a great life ahead of each of us in store for us. So help us to walk in that. And bring us back safely next week so that we can hear more of what you want to tell us. And I ask you to do this in the great, wonderful, permanent saving power of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.